Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to an extra special episode of Musicals Tell Me Everything I Know, where I am by myself. I am hosting alone, but I do have three special guests with me this episode. Uh, the Well, some of the creative team of Don't Call Me Ishmael. Going around the table, I'll let you introduce yourselves and your roles, because you know better than I do. Um, hi, I'm Matthew Deer. I'm the choreographer, um, and... Yeah, that's me, Matthew Deer. <laughs> hi, um, I'm Brody Greenhouch, and I'm the director. Hi, I'm Finn Taylor. I'm the co-writer and composer for the score. Yeah, Excellent. So Don't Call Me Ishmael is an original musical written by Brisbane people, being performed by Brisbane people and being crafted by Brisbane people. So what can you tell me about it? So it's based, it's based on a young adult novel. Yeah. Is that the correct classification for it? That's correct, yeah. All right, so uh, why? Why that one? Why, why don't call me Ishmael? I wish, well, I guess first of all, should go and say that it's based on a, uh, the novel it's based on is written by the Brisbane author Michael Gerard Bauer. Another Brisbane name. Yeah, who has also written, uh, he wrote The Running Man and a third book that the name of is escaping me right now. Uh, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll put a link to his, uh, his, his wiki or whatever, his information in the episode. Please do, because he's, he's a lovely guy and he's just been the most helpful person to uh, have along for the ride and we've really enjoyed, uh, particularly Chris, the uh, writer of the script who isn't here. So that's uh, Chris Thompson. Yeah. Chris Thompson, that's him, yes. Has... Friend of the show, Chris Thompson. He was one of our first guests. Was he? Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, both him and I have had a... Uh, lovely time getting to know Michael and working with him and uh, showing him the processes that's come along. It's been yeah, and Michael's yeah. been along the process. He's um, been working with Finn and Chris as they've been developing the script and going, "This works. This doesn't quite work. Let's tweak that a bit more." Mm-hmm. And then um, he saw our little workshop in December, which has now led us to this wonderful piece that we're going to be doing um, on April thirteenth. Great, great. So had Michael. Um Ever ever really had any exposure to musical theatre before, or was he, or is he new to it? And you are introducing him to it. I don't know. <laughs> I think that the most information I could find on this uh, topic, because I did look, was a small ad for an adaptation of "Don't Call Me Ishmael" put on by some people in Germany. But that's as specific wow. as my information gets. Yeah, his book's written in German. Right. Yeah. Well, that's about as far from Brisbane as you can get. In, in <laughs> Germany. Well, yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. All right. Well, um, 
I guess what we'll do is we'll go just have a little bit of talk about what Don't Call Me Ishmael is about. So it's about high school, mm. what, a high school student specifically. Mm. Um, who, who would like to tell me a little bit about the plot? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can have a quick chat about the plot. No spoilers though, of <laughs> No, 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 no spoilers. Um, well, so basically there's this kid at school uh, in year nine called Ishmael and uh, he, he doesn't like his name. Uh, he thinks his name's a bit of a curse and uh, it's kind of a play on the first line of the famous Moby Dick novel uh, and says, the opening line is, call me Ishmael. And uh, anyway, this kid is a bit of an introvert and he's um, a bit awkward and musically gifted and but just not the best in social situations. And there's a couple of bullies at school that give him a hard time and um, basically the inciting incident is when a new kid rocks up to school called Scoby and kind of introduces him to this new world of the debating teams and also being... Fearless and being able to tackle the cutthroat world of high school debate society. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yes, <laughs> yes, very much so. No, so it's a bit of fun, and he just uh, they start competing in the team. They make a team, they form a they form the dream team, and the dream team starts competing against other schools in Brisbane. And uh, yeah, like I said, no spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. Uh, well, also, I, I guess we we won't go right through the song list because there might be some spoilers in there. But can I just say, now that I have the composer at the table, how refreshing it is to not have an act two just full of reprises. (laughs) (laughs) That that is something we, uh, we, yeah, did not want to have. (laughs) And it was also mostly me being... So sick of writing the songs the first time around. (laughs) I didn't want to write them a second time. We we do have a tune called "Who's Got the Cup," which is nice and spoiler free. Which is a uh, it's a uh, it's the character of a school captain on a school assembly, and he sings the same song three different times. But yeah, uh, that's probably the only one that's besides like some of the others. Well, it, it it works somewhat, I think, in the in the vein of the narrative because we've all had the experience of having to sit listen to a school captain deliver a speech. Mm. For the yeah, we <laughs> deliver the same one in another couple of weeks. Yes, <laughs> yeah. great assemblies, oh, good fun. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you'll be you'll be staging it in the next week after this, or two weeks after this. Two weeks from 13th. yeah, two yeah. So it's just a just shy of two weeks. Cool, and that's the, so that's happening at the Chanel. Um, I, I guess is there anything you want to say about the process of developing a new work? Um, that is different to maybe working on a better-known musical or something that has been done before. Um, I, I have never been involved in... Well, I, well, that's a lie. I've never been involved in this kind of uh, scale of workshop before. So I'm mm. interested in, in what what is different, particularly from, like, choreography and direction because um, usually you would have something else to kind of refer back to or, yeah. or have notes on. At least. I guess one of the most interesting things for myself as a choreographer is working with brand new music. And in some cases, I'm even not working with a formalized track with instruments. Yeah. Some of it, I'm actually reading music still oh, off no. a page <laughs> and referring to a MIDI track. So oh, it is horror. like really, <laughs> that's only for like three or four because everything else we've already had our development pieces. But of course, as we've taken certain pieces out and added others in, we're working around it. The really interesting thing I think is as much as the music is new, I'm also trying to 
develop movements that actually, I guess, mesh with that and represent the Australian voice and Australian culture through movement. Yeah. And particularly yeah. with young children as well because we've all got this thing of play but also trying to find ourselves as young adults in a young um, adult um, book and everything. So the story is us trying to connect with us that, and how movement is the subtext for a lot of that within inside ourselves. Really a simple example is like how as younger kids we play hopscotch and the social implements of that and how we see yeah. on the monkey bars and everything like that. It's things that we really associate with being, I guess, young Australians. Yeah, because the book is itself sort of a coming of age. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So I, I, I guess that, that's really interesting, that approach to it. Um, so what about direction-wise? Is it is it much different to just kind of like ignoring everything you've ever heard about Wicked and just putting on a, a brand new staging of Wicked or is it kind of different working with specifically something that you might relate to on a personal level um, being local? Let me just preface by saying this is my first musical that I'm directing. <laughs> all time. I, um, I haven't delved, I haven't worked in musical theatre a lot. I've seen a lot of musical theatre but um, I guess my skill set has always just been theatre. I'm, I'm not a great dancer and I'm not a great singer so I've always We get to find to out though. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this, is my fir- this is actually my first musical that I'm directing and I think what's what drew drew me to this specifically this piece so so much is I guess like when I read it when Chris had the table read it, it, it was it's music it's a musical but there are so many meaty scenes in amongst mm. these the, 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 the scenes are really good they're very funny they're very quick witted and it's so eloquently written with Chris and obviously Michael as well it's taken straight from his book but um they're so good and they're so meaty that I just could not stay away from delving into that and like you said um you kind of touched on it there about being um yeah just forgetting forgetting all of the history of musical theater yeah. and forgetting all of that and just, just sticking to my personal experience and what what makes yeah something it's all relatable all those characters are so bloody relatable to my experience and so i just drew on my experience and how i view school settings and how yeah, i view cool. view classrooms and trying to bring that to life so a lot of it takes place in the school. Yeah, I pretty I think every scene takes place in the school besides, besides the bedroom. Besides his bedroom and uh, there's like one scene like outside the schoolyard, but yeah. that's a that's all in based in the school setting. And we've even closed in his bedroom quite close uh, in a, a, our designer Claire She's done a great job of putting his bedroom quite close to the classroom. Yeah, so it's that, yeah. that kind of that symbolism that even though he's at home, school is right there and it's still encroaching on his space. And it's, as I remember as a school kid, like you, you go home, but you're, you're still working. You're still working. You're still <laughs> thinking about school. Like school is just such, it's just your life. That's and all your you parents know. constantly remind you about school as yeah. well. How was your day? Have you done your homework? Yeah. It's like, oh. Why haven't you done your homework? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you doing yeah. your homework yet? <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So um, you're putting it on in the Chanel? Yes, that's, that's correct. correct. Yep. And like I've worked in the Chanel before. That is a massive stage. Yes, uh, So I guess that fits well with kind of having a school setting rather than like an... Uh, like a like a parlor comedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, we're gonna we're gonna split the stage. We're gonna put the curtains. We're gonna put a curtain across um, halfway, um, cool. and have the band behind that. Have the band sitting behind that, yeah, and then awesome. um, kind of because just splitting the stage is just gonna really help our lighting designer and our designer and 
And obviously for Matt, he, he needs a lot of space to do the dance numbers, but oh, not too... Choreographers are the worst, <laughs> But he can't have too much space, though. Not as bad as the director, though. <laughs> no, I, I could do it in a shoebox, mate. <laughs> I, could, I could do this show in a shoebox. But um, not for the for the dance numbers, some of them are quite theatrical and some of them are quite large, and yeah. um, which is amazing. They're, 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 they complement the music really, really nicely. And so we need a lot of space, but also... That the Chanel is big. It is a it, it is, is a cavernous. big stage. It is a very big stage, and having actors travel across from you know from upstage to downstage that's that's a fair way. So we had to kind of cut put it a in few half. leaps in. Yeah, yeah, a few cartwheels. <laughs> a couple. Of I guess that's the other really interesting thing about the piece as a piece of theatre and mm. musical theatre is that we've only got ten actors, but those ten actors are doing something all the time. Yeah. And every actor plays such an important role in itself. And that's what's very interesting, I think. It's truly ensemble. It's truly Mm. ensemble. There is no... They talk about um, 3D characters and 2D characters or like the classic chorus ensemble in a musical. Yes, yeah. And that they maybe say one or two lines or most of the time they just go, ooh, Um, which also (laughs) stems back... Sorry, sorry, what was that? Yeah, lovely. (laughs) Direct quote. Yeah, direct Um, quote. Every musical. (laughs) Ever. And so it's really interesting actually having these characters that are all so three-dimensional and then we're also having to stage and work with inside that as well. Yeah. Which I think really gives not only ourselves as creators but also the actors this wonderful choice to be in a show and have a follow-through line the whole time for everyone. Mm. Well, yeah, I I imagine the actors would really appreciate that. And that is a choice for the show as a whole and not just for this presentation of it, the the, the real ensemble cast. Mm. Yeah, excellent. Well, um, I guess let's talk talk music. (laughs) You're ready, you're primed. I am. I'm just really interested in how did you have a relationship with Don't Call Me Ishmael before um, before basically you had the idea to uh, work on a new piece or well I'd read the book. <laughs> uh, well, that's interesting. How how many times have each of you read the book? Once. I've only, I've only read the book once. Yeah, I've read the book once. Once is enough. I've read it once as well. But I am dyslexic. <laughs> Book excuses, once, but like how, how many times have we read the play though? That's yes. like, true. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Too yeah. many. There's too many times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so after, after, after reading the book, you, you wanted this piece specifically? or Well, how, how it went down was I was, I was still am. I was working at a private music studio in Cooparoo called Forte. Okay. Which uh, teaches, it, I was just working as an instrumental tutor for kids and adults along with Chris Thompson. He was also working there. Friend of the show, Chris Thompson. Yep. Shout out. <laughs> yeah. And he said to me, he said to me, I'm going to send you some lyrics to a song and I want you to write music for it. And I said, all righty then. And he sends me through the lyrics and I, I, I doodled out the song and sent it back to him. And he says, nice, do you want to write a musical? <laughs> <laughs> that Little did you know that was your audition. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I thought, Sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and the rest is history? The, re- the rest is history, yeah. He said, we've got all these songs. We're gonna, we, I need music for them. I need music for them. Uh, show me what you've done in the past. I showed him some of my back catalogue and he thought that one song in particular off a record that I'd, I'd made when I was in grade 12 had a really charming tune on it called One More Day, which is now the 11th hour number of the show, Normal. 
Oh, excellent. Yes, and I uh, yeah. So I think it's it's a little bit funny how that that tune that I wrote in grade twelve is now the basis of a of a stage show. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I never expected. A direction I never expected it to go in. The question is, how many more songs that you wrote in grade twelve have you got to fall back on, or is it all new stuff from now on? Oh, um, I've still got the rest of that record. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Many, <laughs> and also, and not even... Musicals. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, many more musicals to come. Yeah. yeah. And then Jim. all the songs that you've written in the development of the show as well that we've gone, ah, actually, that was good, but we're going to can it. How many do you think we've done now? How many have we canned? Yeah. Not that many. Only um, excluding instrumental cues, like two. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Oh. You're just too good. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's, that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had that problem. So the uh, I, I I didn't want to mention this, but the title of the show is, of course, based on a dad joke, isn't it? Or a yeah. dad's story. Yes, that's it. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. Because yeah. okay. his uh, his father likes to call his mother. A white whale? Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was, he has this great story about how Ishmael got the name Ishmael, and he calls it the Ishmael. How Ishmael got the name Ishmael's story, and, and it's that's the opening of Act Two. Yes, all close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Not the direct opening, but yes. not direct oh. opening, but yeah, first close, song, close though, to yeah. the Act Two. It's the um, first thing that happens. Yeah, first thing that kind of really happens, and in a, it, it's quite a theatric theatrical story and his dad's very theatrical at telling that story <laughs> um and so he likes to whip out the guitar and sing along and make a bit of a song and dance about the story um but yeah it is based on that and of course ishmael hates that story and hates his name and hates everything about himself of course unfortunately teenagers yeah what can you do <laughs> not talk to them anymore <laughs> uh, well i guess uh so after this presentation what's next Oh, that's the big question. I mean, <laughs> every, everyone <laughs> that just is a big question. <laughs> <laughs> Write us a check, hey? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I well, uh, without revealing, without revealing anything, not that there's much to reveal. Chris has a, a few ideas of where he wants to go in terms of uh, the show's next step and the next the next series of performances that the show will be taking, and then he has a few uh, ideas for other musicals in the future. I know he's got an Aesop's Fable adaptation in the works, well, okay. which is slated to become an, an entirely bluegrass musical. I am very right. hopeful that that I will happen. I am about it. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah, do it. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Where do I sign? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any money. Can I you can't, pl- I'm sorry. Can you play the dobro? <laughs> if you can play the dobro, I've got a spot in the band for you. Yeah. Ooh, I, I'm no, no, I can't. I might learn. I probably won't. All right. Well, before I let you go, just. Um, it, we have a rather diverse audience, so like of musical theatre fans and, and people involved in the industry. Like, so how does this sort of thing happen? How do you put the project together? Um, like, is, is there any particular people that have helped you out or is it all, all you three and is, <laughs> you're whipping everyone into shape? How, that, how does it go? Not quite. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've had... Uh, we've had uh, Joel Curtis come on as musical director, which has been an absolute godsend for me, meaning that I don't really have to do anything. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I've written it and I'm, I'm playing in the ensemble, in the ensemble, in the band, but uh, Joel has gone through all the vocal arrangements and uh, tidied them all up and he's made everything look fantastic. He's 
created uh, conduction scores for everyone, yeah, just yeah. done hours and hours of work that I didn't know how to do for, for, for free. <laughs> that's the that's the yeah, and like that that's that's the great thing about working on a new piece like this is you do have to you kind of make those you make those connections yeah 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 I guess it's been it's been a massive learning curve for all of us I think. Mm. absolutely and yeah. the other really nice thing is is that it's allowed us to connect with different groups and different communities of theater yeah that before this stage I know for myself um coming from Griffith University um who actually Thank you very much, um, is allowing us to use um, their space for our rehearsals. So I just yeah. want to say thank you yeah. for them. Thank you. Um, yeah, like my little bubble and now interacting with Brody's bubble mm-hmm. um, from USQ and his um, wonderful company at Sharehouse and everything. So it's been really nice to get up and going and see what they're doing and, yeah, I guess grow a greater Brisbane community. Thanks for the shout-out. Shout-out for Sharehouse. Uh, yeah, no, it's been really cool because, um, yeah, I do run a theatre company called Sharehouse Theatre Company and it, it is sometimes in independent theatre, it's easy to get stuck in your own little circle. And yeah. there's so many different people out there in Brisbane making such good art and making such good work and it just sucks that we're not, like, connecting and joining those circles because... Good things happen when people come together and make art. Like, well, good things are happening. Yeah, like we've are. we've sold yeah. four hundred and twenty tickets. That's amazing at yeah. the Chanel For Theatre. Any, any sold show. out. Yeah, yeah. So we sold we sold out, and we haven't even started rehearsals yet. Like <laughs> this is like it, this is what happens. We like if the shell can out. open up on the Saturday, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Listen to this. <laughs> so no, it's it's been really awesome. Like connecting groups, like you said, Matt. Like connecting all the different groups together and. Like I've never met Joel before, but he is, yeah, unbelievably invaluable and I wouldn't be able to do this project without him, that's for sure. None of us would. No. no. Well, yeah, that, that's great. Like that's, And I think that is one thing that new work really does kind of foster is, is new relationships because people kind of like, I've never done this before but I want to do it and let's let's get it done so that's really it's really good to hear and wicked, I'm really wicked doesn't do that <laughs> if you, you, wicked doesn't do that doesn't bring all the same old people every same time people. Wicked. no it's really it's no you're right it's 100 percent the new work is what happens um and just giving writers an opportunity to write and and just everyone's making good art and this is like how history's made and also actors actors the chance to tell and sing in an Australian voice as well. True. Which we've yeah. been really lucky enough to see recently, of course, with Muriel's Wedding mm-hmm. and with other pieces. But for us, we're, it's another one that we're hopefully going to add. It's good. Yeah, there's going to be some really good contrast there, particularly with some uh, some very uh, uh, very stylized musical numbers that would suggest a particular voice that then get taken in a different direction because you've got the Australian, yes, yes. Australian yes. voice to it, which I think is a really cool, uh, really cool element. Yes, it, especially with the lyrics as well. Mm. You've got, may, sorry? No, no, you go. That's I was just saying, it, it makes it feel a bit more three-dimensional, not just like a cookie-cutter song. It's now, it's got more character to it. It's Brisbane. Mm. It's, it's so yes. local. It's incredibly local and that's what's really exciting for me is how Brisbane audiences can just kind of feel it. I don't know, there's something when I read the script, I just feel... Brisbane, I feel local. I feel Gibbon. Yeah, I feel Gibbon. <laughs> like, yeah, there's just a real sense of locality to it. And you're not reading a script going, oh, this is America in the 80s or, you know, um, Great Britain in the 1700s or the or a Shakespeare play. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just so refreshing 
from my perspective. Someone, well, yeah, it is something that hasn't been really done before. Because even the only original Brisbane musical that I've uh, had any experience with was a uh, Battle of Brisbane, and even that's half American. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. So, and I know well, that Joe for PM. Oh, I didn't see Joe for PM, unfortunately. Like, I know, I know Michelle Law's writing something at the moment. It's a Brisbane uh, musical, uh, and I, that's in work. So I'm not going g- to give any too many spoils about what's happening there, just in <laughs> case she wants to keep that pitch under wraps. But um, no, so exciting things happening there, and um, yeah. So I guess there is a movement. Um, I guess there's a need as well. Yeah, we've realised we colonised this many years ago, and we're like, okay, like let's kind of start telling our own stories. We don't want to follow in America's steps anymore. Like. This is art is the expression of what happens next with us and we want to share that. If you can't join them, beat them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it has been the story for so long that uh, creatives would leave Brisbane because there just wasn't wasn't stuff to do here. There wasn't wasn't work happening. Mm. There wasn't work to be had. Mm. Uh, So it's great that now creatives are starting to make their own work. Well, and also on the independent... In the, um, musical theatre scene as well. Mm. Like in the creative side, we have 30 people working on the project. It's yeah. such a big project and it's so refreshing to just have so many people get involved and there's opportunities out there and we can keep it happening. I, th- I think it's also speaking to uh, something of, a, of an untapped market in Brisbane because people here love theatre. They love musicals, mm. they love theatre, they love performance. If, you know, if the Book of Mormon came here, it would sell out. Oh, yeah. But people don't go out and see bands because... There, there isn't an intersection there. There isn't an intersection of theatrics mm. and music in Brisbane right now. Mm. And I think there's a massive market to be had of, of people who, who do enjoy that stuff and just don't have a product for it here. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if you're happy to leave it there, um, I'll, uh, I'll link to, um, well, I guess... The tickets, but they'll be sold out. So <laughs> just I guess um, link it to our Facebook, the, the Facebook page or something. Like yeah, that, absolutely. Like and if you want to send me um, the sharehouse details, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll love link to. to that as well. Happy to, happy to. Oh, and Finn has a page as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll link, to, link to all the details. So if you want to find out more about more about Ishmael or about the creatives working behind it. Um, yeah, we'll have all that on this episode. Um, and yeah. we just want to say a big thank you to Zane, of course. Yeah, thank you. Oh, well, thank you for having us here. Like, I yeah. do what I can. Like, you really I, do. I want, to see the, I want to see the Brisbane art scene um, flourish as much as everyone else in it. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. So uh, just recap around the table who you are, what you do, and, well, actually, no. I would like to know what your favourite musical is, each of you. Okay, oh, yeah, that on the spot right now, your one number one top musical. You're all looking at me like it's you know, like I'm crazy, and how dare I say this? But I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna hold you to it. Oh, my, <laughs> gosh. my favorite one would have to be still and still is Singing in the Rain. It's a classic. It's good. You can't go wrong, especially if Jack <laughs> Chambers is in it. True, true. Friend of the show, Jack Chambers. He hasn't been on on the show yet, but we'll get him one day. We'll get him one day. Can I come that day, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I'll see. I'll, I'll I'll see if he puts anything in his writer. <laughs> um, Brody Greenouch, director, um, also runs Sharehouse Theatre Company. Janet Kell, Go to Hell, Metro Arts, just as you can find there. Um, yeah, I do have a show coming up for that. I think um, favorite musical. Uh, very difficult. Uh, 
I recently have come into touch with the last five years, and yeah. that was yeah, that that was that was special for me. If you want to get a musical that's as close to a play as a musical gets, the last five years probably is it. Yeah, you know it is mostly sung through. It is mostly sung through, but there is there, it was very theatrical and very raw, and I don't know, it was, it was very beautiful, and there was a lot that I really connected with that. Yeah, if if you've got something coming up that isn't Ishmael's, you feel free to plug it. Yeah, know, sure. Uh, well, Sharehouse is doing a show next week uh, called Jane and Kel Go to Hell at it's at Metro Arts, yep, and yep. Um, it's directed by Steve Perry and Maddie Nixon. And, um, yeah, it's a comedy. It's a comedy about two housemates who make bad cho- life choices and uh, <laughs> do, a, do a lot of drinking and uh, not, not a lot of um, exercise and good life choices. Um, but then they get a new roommate because they need to, you know, get they need to ease back on the rent. So they get a new roommate and he's not quite normal. He's a bit strange. Turns out he's a literal demon and he is the devil. Spoilers. And, and he drags. <laughs> uh, it's no spoilers. And he, just, and he drags Jane to hell and Kel has to go get her back it's a lovely comedy um it's kind of like broad city and um uh, stranger things nice yeah. all right yeah that, that's a mix yeah it is a mix um so yeah steve perry he's the writer and he's done an amazing job excellent well we'll we'll put links to that in the show that'd be great well. yeah cheers yeah what and what about you finn finally uh yeah finn taylor uh co-writer and composer uh other other things i have current going i am playing co-running uh vaudevillian horror band uh, about a time-travelling hobo who is immortal called Shakespeare and the Skeleton Gang. Uh, I, I am 100% impressed with every word that just came out of your mouth. Yes. Uh, that's that's uh, being operated by my, my good friend Shane Fell, who also operates under the name The One Man Street Band. And, uh, uh, yeah, I've got a, a band called Blast Pipe, which doesn't really... It, which will exist after Ishmael exists is <laughs> right. what's going to happen. Yeah. Yes, everything else kind of goes on hold when when, yeah. when musical theatre comes a knocking. Yeah. Favorite musical would have to be after much deliberation, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Really, Ooh. the Tim Burton one. Oh, okay. The Tim Burton. One. All right. Yeah. Okay. It's unusual choice. I know. Yeah, yeah, it receives a little bit of hate, but I'm oh, I've heard it. I've seen it. Nothing get nothing but hatred. I <laughs> Is haven't that seen why you like it. I, I I just think Danny Elfman did a really good job at the score. Straw well, Danny Elfman is Danny Elfman, isn't he? Yeah. One one of the greats. All right. Well, thanks for coming, guys, and uh, well, best of luck for the the next week of rehearsals or. However long it is. It's not 24 hours. It's a little bit longer. (laughs) Don't talk to me about 24 hours. (laughs) Um, Well, I guess I'll plug 24 hours. Uh, So 24-hour musical is happening this weekend, the 8th. So if you are watching us on Facebook, we will be doing Facebook Live of the show that we are doing. So we'll do a musical story, everything I know, we'll do an episode live during 24-hour musicals, which is the worst choice that anyone has ever made. But look, uh, good. Um, Okay. (laughs) Well, as for unconventional sign-offs, thanks again. And, yeah, good luck with Don't Call Me Ishmael. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you.
objectively be bad? Yes. But that doesn't mean we can't learn from it. I'm Alex Smith. And I'm James Keogh. And on our new podcast, My Songs Suck, we talk to writers and musicians who share with us some of their earlier, less good content and reflect on how far they've come. If you want to get in on the fun, head to That's Not Canon Productions or find us on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever podcatcher you use. My songs suck, because everyone makes mistakes. Just make sure you record them. That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.